Welcome everyone to Car Sports Talk. Today is March 12th and we are joined by some very fun guests today. As always, I'm here with RJ and Sibo and we're here with two good friends, Anthony, Tony Fries, Frietta and Ryan Sullivan. Tony! What's up guys? How are we doing? What's going on guys? Tony, introduce yourself. My name is uh, Anthony Frietta. I'm from uh, Cortland Manor, New York. I'm a diehard Jets fan and a uh, pretty big Yankees fan as well. And, you know, I'm real excited to be on the Car Sports Talk show this week. <laughs> you know what? We're glad to have you, buddy. Hey, hey, Ryan. What's up? What's My worse name's... than one Jet fan? Oh, God, two. <laughs> There's too many. Boy, I needed my boy Tony coming on today. Ryan, introduce yeah. yourself to us. My name is Ryan Sullivan. I'm a senior at Wake Forest. I'm also from Cortland Manor. I know these guys forever. I'm a big Giants and Knicks fan, both unfortunately at the time, but... Excited to discuss off-season and draft, and uh, that's, that's all we have look to look forward to these days. Uh, also, hey, also, previous also, listeners, um, oh, yeah. obviously you guys know Ryan as the guy who's against the tank for the Knicks. So. Uh, I, I'm, yeah. I'm all aboard now. <laughs> <laughs> it's taken Ryan to the point where we're, we may not win a game rest of the year to join the tank movement. Yeah. Uh, but get, get at me, my boy Moutier. <laughs> Tony and Ryan, just to fill you guys in, me and Sebo have actually been conducting a few week long investigation into RJ's NCAA status. Sebo, hmm. do you want to um, enlighten us a bit about this? Well, as we all know, RJ is a NCAA athlete for Oneonta Baseball, and we think that he's been getting some funds to feed his um, hunger, let's say. Been getting a little and, fat. And other so. benefits from under the table, such as. Can you just let me know where these checks are because I can't find them. <laughs> They're also getting other services. And I'm not going to say the word because we try to keep it a PG podcast, but it rhymes with constitution. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah. we're not going to get into what we want to discuss there. My coach actually sent one in. <laughs> uh, yeah, listen, dude, Patino's got that kind of effect on everyone. But let's just jump right into it, guys. The NFL offseason, free agency has finally begun. And, Ryan, as a Giants fan, do you still have any clue what the Giants are going to do with the number two pick? Yes, I'm not sure about any clue, but I have a lot of, uh, a lot of thoughts about it. I think that so you have a couple first and foremost, uh, yeah, I, I think first and foremost, you have to speculate what the Browns are going to do at one. Uh, I think even after acquiring Tyrod, I think that they still – take a QB at one. I think most likely Darnold, maybe Josh Allen. So I think that leaves the Giants in an interesting position. And that I personally probably the in which I don't think they're going to take a QB. I think that we have a ton of holes all over the roster. Um, you look at the O-line, and even if we acquire Andrew Norwell, I think there's still a lot of opportunities. I mean, people talk a lot about Quentin Nelson. Um, stuff to vouch for like a guard that early in the draft, but um, I think it'd be exciting to totally remake an offensive line in one season and then maybe a guy like Davis Webb, who we drafted last year and the Giants allegedly have a lot of faith in, can flourish in the future. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's obviously it's, it's still taking QB. Yeah, it's still kind of early now because, you know, a lot still possibly happened with Kirk Cousins and his free agency sweepstakes. Um, but just today, the Bills traded with the Bengals. They sent their often injured left tackle, but highly effective when healthy according uh, friend to the Bengals and mm. want their first round pick so initially the um the bills and Bengals, uh the, the bills had the 21 21st pick um the they switched by so now the bank now the bills have 
not only do they have two first round picks, but they and that just makes them really high um, trade trade up contracts. Tony. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Sebo, you you saw the um the Bills trade today, correct? Yeah, it's a great move for them. Absolutely, you know. If you, they've just they have way too many picks in the first three rounds. I think they're definitely. I the thing was after, right after the trade was made, I think I saw three to five tweets about how they are doing ex- after the swap. They are doing exactly what the Eagles did before they moved up for Carson Wentz with the second pick. Yeah, right. I was just gonna, I was just going to say I think they're going to package that pick and all the picks for a pick in the top four, top five for a team that already has a quarterback, such as like the Colts, or maybe even the Browns' uh, second first-round pick. Yeah, um, Tony, you have been way too quiet. I, I, we're yeah, all I was definitely going to say, I'm, I'm 100% with seat. RJ on that. Um, as soon as they traded Tyrod Taylor, they you know obviously they put themselves back in the market, and I think having two first-rounders definitely makes it very likely for them as a candidate to trade up with the Colts at that third pick to uh, get their next franchise guy. So we'll see what the Bills do. But obviously, as a Jets fan, I hope they don't do that. I would love to see Baker go with Bills ma- Mafia. Honestly. I mean, I, I definitely would not want to see that. That's like the last I mean, thing. You're a Jets fan because you're a Jets fan. But as yeah. an outside fan, the Bills Mafia fan with a Baker-Mayfield attitude – yeah, but what I, I was you go, go no, on. no, you, please, Tony, you're the guest. I want to hear what you guys say. So my, here's honestly, in my take so far in the top five, I think you start with the Browns, the number one. I think they're gonna get. If you're looking at the next Bo Jackson with Saquon Barkley. That's not really a guy they can pass on. I agree. Okay. I think they got to go QB one, and I then I think the Giants. You look at Eli Manning, a guy on the back end of his career. He hasn't really been too great lately. But are they really gonna take a left tackle over the future franchise quarterback? For the next 15 years for their, this team, like no, I think when you got they already have Odell Beckham, you have Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard, Brandon Marshall's coming back. Like the weapons are there, I think they're going to go with their next future quarterback. So likely Sam Darnold or Rosen at that second pick. The third pick, we discussed the Colts. If they don't trade back, I could see them going Bradley Chubb, getting a little fresh on defense. Fourth pick worries me a little bit. That's where I see the Browns. Possibly going Baker Mayfield, the guy to change the culture of that team. And then as far as the fifth pick goes, as long as Kirk Cousins doesn't mm-hmm. sign with the Broncos, they're also in the quarterback market. So it leaves a lot of wonder right now for what's going to happen to the Jets and where whoever's going to be there at six for them. But Yes, you know, and also, Tony, um, a couple of notable free agents out there. Um, both Casey Keenum and Sam Bradford were both linked to the Bills today. Uh, so that's obviously uh, a scenario to watch out for. I just see, you know, dude, this it scares me with the Giants. Um, whether them or even maybe like the Broncos, the Bron- say the Broncos sign their guy like Casey Keenum, they may look to trade down, bring the Bills in. I think they want a tall, statured, like pocket passing QB, and that's what. Why? And that- why do you always have to say Casey? I, <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say Casey. Yeah. Casey. Can you just say Every Casey? time. I know. I know. But, yeah, the, the Bills went with Nathan Peterman. So, they're clearly looking for, you know, a, a height and measurable type guy. That's why I think they, they're going to at least look at Rosen. 
Ryan, however, I want to talk to you. With your recent um, video that hit the, that surfaced the web the other day about Odell Beckham Jr., yeah. what do you think about that going forward? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's an awful look. I don't think it's the end of the world. Uh, without getting too much into detail, I mean, the French model or whoever the hell he's in the bed with there, I, th- I think that she's the one holding the drugs. So I don't think that long term is going to be an issue, but I think it's just an awful look well, PR wise, especially for a guy trying to land a big contract. It's probably we're, her fault as well. We're, we're, not going, <laughs> we're not going to assume it was drugs. For now, we'll assume it was like, yeah. fl- it was like flour baby powder, or, yeah. or, 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 was, or like baby powder. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty yeah, I would I would love to add one more thing, though, about the Browns. So my question is, I'm all in on the Saquon hype. Like, I would love it if the Giants took Saquon at two. But do you really think, like, with all the issues the Browns had at quarterback, that they would pass up at one their top pick? Because That's the in my thing. opinion, if they wait till four to pick their quarterback, there's a pretty good chance they're going to get their third choice. And in my opinion, this is such a volatile group of quarterbacks that I could see basically any one of them flopping and any one of them succeeding. So I think the, the – not the Giants. Uh, the Browns take their one guy at one. Honestly, I could, I think you have to. I think they go Saquon because <coughs> they'll probably just get their second choice because the Colts aren't looking at quarterback. I think someone trades up, though. Really? I, I don't know. <laughs> but the Colts, I, I think, could, trade up. the Colts are still a team, however, like, they have a lot of glaring holes around their roster. Like, they're a team who can highly use Quentin Nelson to boost their O-line and, project, and protect their franchise QB. But they're also a guy who needs another playmaker out in their defense. Yeah, they need a lot of help on defense. I, yeah, I really liked the Malik Hooker selection last year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it sucked seeing him go down so early. But, like, it wouldn't surprise me to see them bring in, you know, Bradley Chubb or even shock everyone, maybe go Minka Fitzpatrick and try to finally build a good secondary, which they haven't had in God knows how long. It's just like Bob Sanders was there. I feel like if you look at Denver at five and the Jets at six, and now the Bills have however many picks in the first round, including 12th. Like, I think there's just a lot of teams there poised to move up for a QB. And I think there's a good uh, two, three, both go QB, and the Browns then are stuck at four with the, possibly their third choice, which I think that with a disastrous QB situation they've had, that would not be good. Right. I feel like you have to go QB at one. If you I agree. like the guy so much, like, why would you pass? I don't care if it's Saquon Barkley. Quarterback, a quarterback is five times more important than a run. Co- yeah. No matter what team you Quarterback are. is the most you important. Have to get your guy. Quarterback's most important position, I think, in all of sports. So, like, if your guy's there, you go there. But now, Ryan, oh, Ryan and Tony, I want to hear from both of you. If you're the Browns at number one, say you have the pick at number one as the Browns, mm-hmm. who's your QB and why? And, and this is considering all their new acquisitions. You know, they're in the middle of um, negotiating with Duke Johnson to extend him. They got David Njoku and Seth DeVal tight end. They have a pretty above-average O-line. And they still got Jarvis Landry, Corey Coleman, and Josh Gordon. So, with a QB, that's a pretty dangerous team on offense, at least. Yeah. So, who would you want a QB? Tony, you want to take this first? So, I, you know, it's definitely a tough choice. I for some reason I've just personally always been a very big fan of Josh Rosen. You know, he's, I think he might have a higher career percentage in college. I'm not really sure, but I, I've always just I liked Rosen a little bit better than Darnold. I, I see him more as a pocket passer, and I noticed that Darnold kind of likes to make a lot of throws on the run and like, you know, when he's just under pressure, basically. But I just would rather have a guy who's like more comfortable and sustainable in the pocket. So I, I think I, – but, however, most reports have Darnold as the number one rated quarterback. So it still might be a little too early to tell. The pro days for both of them will be a further evaluation. But if it was me, I probably would go Rosen. Ryan, before you answer that, I mm-hmm. 
I don't know why, but I feel like if there's anyone who's going to bust besides Jack, I just feel like the most likely is Darnold. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know why. I just I feel like if there's one guy who's not going to live up to the hype. Bad history. I don't know why, but I just feel that way. R- RJ, who would you, if you had the first pick, RJ, who would you take? Well, with the recent acquisition of Tyrod Taylor, that, that gives him a chance to develop a quarterback possibly. So I honestly would pick Josh Allen because I feel like he has the highest ceiling out of all the quarterbacks. And At one, though? Yeah. He, do you see I, him he, throwing the ball? If he could just yeah. work on his accuracy. Yeah, he, accuracy. Yeah, but, like, accuracy with those is something, two like, weapons, you should develop in your 20s. Like, I, if Josh Allen's – I don't think Josh Allen will go number one. While he may have the physical tools to – I'm also with Tony. I'm a huge Rosen guy in that I think he's just more of a polished passer. If the Browns were to go um, with Josh Allen, I think we'll see him at the fourth spot after they take Barkley at the first spot. In my in my opinion, I think with their new GM, I see them going Allen one just because what they did with. Yeah, it, it, that's the thing. Um, I see, but had to step away. But yeah, that's the only issue. Um. You know, Ryan, do you see in any case scenario where, say, the Giants in the two pick, you know, maybe Barkley or Rosen or Darnold possibly goes? Do you see the Giants at all? Because I feel like Gettleman wants to give Eli a chance to maybe play a yeah. year or two. Do you, that, that is a potential dream scenario for a guy like Darnold or Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that they can go in a lot of different directions. And, I mean, to answer your first question about the Browns, I mean, I'm not convinced. I think I would lean with RJ and – Sebo uh, was saying that if I had to predict, I'd put my money on Josh Allen as their one because, as they mentioned, like they went out and got Tyrod Taylor. Not that I think he's a great player, but he at least buys them sometime. I think he'd go for the guy with the highest potential. But that being said, yeah, I mean, if, if the Giants front office have looked in and I mean, Gettleman and them have said that they're going for a Hall, future Hall of Famer with number two, and that's the only reason, not the only reason, but one of the main reasons why I feel like quarterback might not be as uh, attractive to them because I think there's a lot of bust potential with these QBs. But, yeah, I mean, I think Darnold or Josh Allen, I mean, those guys have ridiculous potential, and I think they could be the quarterback for the next 15 years. Yeah, Tony, um, our, our saving grace is that in the past few drafts, the, the Jets at the sixth spot, we've, we've been lucky because on big boards going into draft day, both Leonard Williams and Jamal Adams were top three players on most big boards, and they both fell to six. So, you know, maybe we can forget our QB to drop down there. Yeah, you know who else dropped down the six? Deshaun Watson. So. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, missed out on that. But one, yet right? again, I'm not the guy making decisions. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, and one thing that I would I would want to say about um, Josh Allen to be a little concerned about is you know he played at Wyoming and he wasn't exactly playing against uh, the best competitors and his completion percentage throughout all of college was rated at 56.2. So I think there, there's definitely a little area for concern considering he was under – he was the only one of the, these four top quarterbacks who were under 60%. So, you know, I was definitely expecting a little bit better. And because of his completion percentage rating being that low, I don't even draw the Carson Wentz comparisons at all. But, yeah. I mean, he's, he has yeah. a prototypical you know size as a quarterback, and I get that but, the uh, potential is sky high. But, you know, I just don't know if I see him at one or – You know what I saw as a good comparison was – Brett Favre at Southern Miss never had in his career never had a season over fifty or over sixty percent. And if you can talk about a guy with a cannon arm, that's Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers started his first two years at JUCO. 
But uh, so yeah, we we've, we've covered, we've given a lot of our take on the top five and six because we're Jets. But Sebo and RJ, we'll move down to draft a bit to you guys. Let's let's we're, let's talk about your bias position positioning. Um, well, I mean, for the Cowboys at nineteen, I guess you, you got the best player I, I available. It's def it's best player available at a position of need. So honestly, at this point, you could look at a guard because you see the defensive line that the Eagles built. You could look at an offensive guard, a wide receiver. Or I think it's safety. Safety is one of their biggest concerns. I think those three positions are what they focus on in the first three rounds in general. But I think they go best available within that. Do they still got Byron Jones at safety, or are they moving them back to corner? Uh, Chris Richard, Chris Richard moved into corner. They moved them back to corner. See, they, they can definitely be looking into, like, I mean, if a guy like Josh Jackson is even available there. Like, he's such a talented corner. RJ, where are the Titans at? I don't even know what they're uh, tw- They're the 25th pick, and I honestly either want them going with um, an interior offensive lineman, either I think he's the center from Ohio State who tore his lat. Or, Price? Yeah, or the center from um, Iowa. Always go, mi- always go Midwestern. Wait, that's um, or, that's uh, James Daniels, right? Yeah, yeah, him. And then – I I also really like Harold Landry from Boston College, and um, Alabama's linebacker Rashawn Evans. So I feel I feel our defense needs like a hard hitter, someone who could pop the ball loose and rush the quarterback like those two players. And the, the thing is, the Titans are in such a unique situation because you know they had a playoff win last year in Kansas City. They were the number two seed. They were number. They finished second in the AFC South. But, like, with the Texans getting Watson back and, you know, the, if the Jaguars continue to improve, like, that's a very, that's one of the toughest um, divisions in all football right there. Because yep. we all saw when Deshaun Watson was playing, the Texans were capable of playing with anybody. They went into Seattle and how many – they put up 35 still? Yeah. That was one of the best games of the year. And so let's not forget about the Jaguars as well, who's another up-and-coming team in that division. At, yeah, they're the, they're the best defense in the league. They were a couple plays away – from going to the Super Bowl. And you can't even forget the Colts because you don't even know how Andrew Luck's going to be That's if what I'm he saying. comes like, back. When, and- when Andrew Luck is healthy, he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. With all that being said, I think that the Titans 100% have to go defense in the first round of the season. Yeah, I want defense. I'm, I, I'm, ha- hope, I'm hoping they, get, they go after Sa in uh, free agency, honestly. To Who? That. Uh, where Nadam? I can't say his name. Nadam against Sue. Yeah, you just say suh. Yeah, <laughs> it's the same thing. I, you know, I'm not good at English. So <laughs> I mean, that's that's why you only have two letters in your name. It's easy to remember. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping they go after him and pair him with Jarrell Casey, who's a Pro Bowl defensive tackle, to boost our rush against people like Watson. We have to face Fournette, like I. Just boost the defense more. Sebo, um, I, I, I mean, I honestly think the, the Cowboys should probably. If you see, I mean, you don't see any possibility of Calvin Ridley falling down to you, do you? Because he, because he, because he had a his pro day wasn't a standout. Yeah, he, uh, he, I think he excelled in his areas, but he also, you know, he had a very bad broad jump. And I mean, as of now, as of now, I still think they really just want Des to take a pay cut. But 
They'd be crazy to Calvin Ridley. I see Calvin Ridley falling. No, I take DJ Moore over him. Absolutely. DJ the, the wide receiver from Maryland. I take mm. DJ Moore over. What about the wide Even, receiver it, from SMU? Yeah, Cortland Sutton or Sutton. Um, that's uh, the thing is, I'm kind of if they want to make the offense more Dak friendly, they I feel like they have to move away from the big receivers who have trouble separating. Well, what is Dak friendly? Think, is that like short release? Is that Dak quicker friendly, releases? Short pass, like yeah, short. More well, I think it's more read options, more short passes. Well, do you think? And, do you think we'll see? I mean, the Cowboys' O line is like built for like a power run scheme. Like they were built for the Tony Romo blend of QB, and Dak is not actually, that blend. Actually, they, they usually they run more zone running, but yeah, no, I think their biggest thing is just making Dak more comfortable and actually using his legs. I like, also you, you yeah. see what you see how the Eagles run their offense. I think more fakes, just uh, getting them on the move and more lateral offense would just help them instead with, of attacking the middle of the field with Jason Witten, who runs a 5-5. Five, five. Yeah, dude, here's the thing. With players getting faster and everything, we're starting to see more teams pop. You know, the NFL was always traditionally a QBs on their center, but now a lot of teams starting to branch into more spread offenses. The Titans are moving to a spread offense under um, new OC Matt LaFleur. And yeah. that was the Titans' biggest deficit, I thought, was, was what, that what was holding Mariota back. Because Malarkey was a two-run guy and a quick pass. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought it was the same thing with us. They should use RPOs when you have a quarterback who can run. It just makes more sense. RPOs is a run-pass <laughs> option to those who don't know. I have a question for you guys about the end of the first round. Um, looking at, like, the Steelers, Saints, and Patriots, do you think that's a position where you could steal Lamar Jackson if one of these teams with an old, successful quarterback? I feel like he's a guy who's so good at Absolutely. Steelers. I, 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 here's um, the thing. I, I, think, think, I think if the Steelers are going to QB, they're going to go Mason Rudolph because I think Lamar Jackson's going top 20. I think he's really? – I I've also changed my opinion. I think 20. he's going to be fantastic. In the NFL, um, I also think that the for Patriots, the reasons that I just said with this, with the transformation to more spread offenses, like one coach will go out there, maybe like the Cardinals or something, will go out there and imagine him and David Johnson and whatever. Yeah, you know, I was just say, Goldblatt, until they draft a receiver. I can totally see him going fifteen to the Cardinals in this draft, or even earlier if the Cardinals want to trade up. Yeah, I'm. I'll make this guarantee. I think five QBs are. Definitely going in the top twenty, no matter what. Wow. Five QBs. I think. I, I think I, possibly six yeah. in the first round. I think Rudolph could possibly. I think to Rudolph the Patriots to the Patriots if they're that second round pick or their um that they or their first round pick. Right. So Tony, uh, let's let's this whole conversation. We've been assuming the Jets didn't sign Kirk, but we're you know the Jets and the Vikings are in that realistic race for him right now. And I, I do think there's still a chance we get him. So if we do get Kirk Cousins at six, what do you think? What do you want to do? So if the Jets get go after Kirk Cousins, I think if they, yeah, I, like, I would like the uh, guard from the offensive lineman from Notre Dame. I yeah, I don't, I don't move. You know, they have, they don't really have a great offensive line. They lost Ferguson and Mangold a year ago, and like never exactly replaced them with anyone great. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's definitely mm-hmm. been a struggle. And they, have, they got a couple of pieces on offense, but I don't think there's anyone worth taking at six in this draft unless the Quan magically fell to them, and that would be a miracle. So I think you definitely got to go with the uh, Notre Dame lineman there. Yeah. Yeah. Cut James Carpenter. What? 
Did they cut James Carpenter? I think they're considering trading him. Yeah, I, I, they okay. haven't made. They, I'm not trading, releasing. They haven't made a, uh, a definite decision yet. That that would be bold because he's their best lineman. But yeah, um, I, I'm thinking like if Quentin Nelson's there, I 100 percent agree with taking him just because our O line is good, but it does come back to hurt us. Um, I also think you gotta look at a guy named like Denzel Ward from from Ohio State, and even honestly, even if Minka falls to six. If we have a QB set already, I'm fine with them taking Minka. I don't want Minka, though, if a QB is on the board. It definitely, yeah, I'd be a little shocked to see them take Baker. Or trade they, down. Or trade down and acquire more picks in the second round. Fall to maybe, like, maybe a team like the Cardinals will want to trade up and say a guy like like Josh Allen's available. They'll, maybe we can trade back with them. Or even the – I mean, I don't think we would trade the Bills, actually. We would have let them get a QB. Yeah, there's no way they trade with the Bills. If anything, the Bills are obviously going to trade. But guys, you know, more towards free agency right now. Like, what are some more? You know, an NFL executive said last week that if we thought last week was crazy, which is when we saw Richard Sherman um, go to the Niners just the other day, which was huge news. Um, you know, what are some moves that you are looking forward towards this week? And and basically, this I month. actually saw, I actually saw that a GM. Talked right after the, right after the Cordy Glenn trade, they said that they expected three guys to get moved: Glenn, Earl Thomas, and Vinny Curry from the Eagles. And they said all by Thursday. So I think that's very interesting because we haven't seen a lot of trades like this. Yeah, no, the the NFL is like, not normally like that. And which I think it's pretty cool that you're using young, you're using players to get young assets in draft picks like the NBA does, which I think we haven't seen mm-hmm. in a while. So that's definitely cool. Because, yeah, because, I mean, it's different. You know, in the NBA, you only got 15 guys to your roster, plus, you know, an extra maybe like 20 guys you keep in the G League and you do practice squad shit with. Um, but in the NFL, you know, you got, you, got 50, you got 50 spots you got to fill. So, it, you know, it is definitely something new. Um, a guy I'm looking at is Allen Robinson because I, I could see mm-hmm. him either signing with, like, I can see Allen Robinson going to the Bears, to the Niners. I guess if the Jets get Kirk and we have extra money, I can see the Jets making a run at Allen Robinson. Browns are – I heard the Browns are in the sweepstakes also. When you have that much money, why not? Don't forget about Sammy Watkins either. Same same position. Yeah. Oh, he, I don't – I feel like he's not generating like a whole ton of buzz. You know what I saw? That's I know that the Jaguars were interested in signing him. In what way does that make sense? Yeah. I yeah, want Allen Sammy Rob- Watkins – that would not be a bad idea, I think, maybe for the Titans. I mean, I think you guys need as much offensive. You know, it's good to get weapons. Yeah. How, how, how much uh, cap space do you guys have? I think we have the third most, fourth. Uh, maybe, exactly. maybe, maybe you guys will make a run at, like, Malcolm Butler or something. That's another – I've actually seen him linked a lot with us. I've the seen Texans. him linked. And, and the, the Lions because he the has Lions the Matt also. Patricia um, connection there. And even the Seahawks are looking into him. Yeah. Dude, and that's it. Yeah, I don't know what the Seahawks are doing, honestly. Yeah, like, you know, they, they have a QB who's, like, dominating the league. And, I mean, he's scratching his prime. Now, I don't know if he's fully reached his prime yet, but they're just building down what they've been so good at for years. I have no clue. And I and they're probably going to lose Jimmy Graham. He's, he's going back I, to I heard he's – I heard he also also the Patriots were interested in him. I heard, and 
and the Packers. I heard him and Aaron Rodgers have been texting each other. So yeah, Rodgers definitely interesting. Rodgers has always made average tight ends look better than they are. If you give him an actual star-studded tight end, like that makes the Packers a very dangerous team. Do you guys buy any bit of the Gronkowski retirement talk? No. Not th- yes, not this year, though. Yeah, I agree with that, Andrew. I, I think he'll play this year out, give it another run. A lot of it's going to depend on Brady's health going forward, mm-hmm. obviously. I mean, how- Ryan, you know, everyone talks about, you know, like when he asked, when do you actually think he's going to call it a quits? Tom Brady? Yeah. I don't know. I, th- I think it's difficult. I mean, you see that they just, what, traded up for a second-round pick this year, or they traded away a second-round pick. Like, mm-hmm. It seems like the organization expects him to play another two to three years, which seems insane. I think that a big indication of it is like, I mean, going to next season, you still think they're a favorite, right? So I, I think absolutely, yeah, the rest absolutely. of the I mean, deteriorates. And that's the thing, though. Like, you know, he's played, what, 18 years, something like mm-hmm. that. You know, while, the, while he might be physically better now, a lot of football is also a mental game and getting hit a lot. And guys are getting athletic and, and more now, like – you know, the mental game is, is a lot, too. So, like, you know, maybe he's a little quicker on reacting to avoid getting hit. Yeah. You know, he is you – know, the, the thing that he's got going for him is that he's not hit a lot. But if that starts happening more, you don't know. What, what do you guys think about former Jet Sheldon Richardson? I could see him a fit for, like, RJ the Titans or someone like that who need help up front. I feel like, this, I feel like he ends up back with the Seahawks. I've, after he yeah, I was just going to say that. And just the fact that they are trying to get younger. And, he was probably- and they're clearing all this cap space. Yeah, I mean, they, yeah. they did just get rid of Michael Bennett. Yeah. As well. But, yeah, so, guys, anyways, uh, lots going to happen going forward. Honestly, I'm just, this week, I think it's just going to be action-packed. So, stay tuned. You know, stay on your phones. <laughs> but, guys, the biggest news of the past few days has been March Madness. And I, I have been watching so much college basketball. What about you guys? Tony, you, you, Tony you hate it. Uh, I hear and there, here and there a little bit. I don't follow it as much. But. You are not a college basketball fan whatsoever. This, this is the time of the year I like college basketball most. Regular season, I'm like, eh, I'll watch like a game here and there. Regular season gets good to watch at around like mid-conference mid, um, play. So like around February and – most of basically the end of January, January, most of February. Yeah. Have you have you guys started filling out your brackets yet? Yeah, I I filled out two actually. Really? Who? So who do you got so far? As your, who's your final four? All right. So in this one, I have Kentucky, West Virginia, um, Michigan State, and Xavier. Wait, wait who do you have? You have Kentucky, West Virginia, Michigan State, Gonzaga, uh, uh, Xavier, and Xavier. Yeah, I have Kentucky, West Virginia, Michigan State, Gonzaga. Hmm. Not bad. Wh- who great, you- great minds think great alike. Great minds think alike. And, and this, and for everyone, this is a fact. We have not even spoken about college basketball until this moment. Me and RJ. So that's kind of weird. Ryan, how's your bracket looking? No Wake Forest for you this year. Yeah, I mean, as a as a Wake Forest fan, it's, it's a tough year to get into it. I mean. To be honest, I've been following the ACC pretty closely, but outside of that, not too much. Um, I haven't filled up my bracket yet, but I don't know. I think I think Duke looks really tough, and as the like bullied younger brother of Duke is Wake Forest, I just want them to lose as soon as possible. But they look really good. I think Michigan State's got a lot more depth than they did last year. Um, I think they can make a serious run. I mean, they have two guys who can be lottery picks, right? 
Like, I think yeah, that, at least. Uh, I got Wendell Carter and Marvin, Marvin Bagley. Yeah, I, I think that Midwest region is the one to watch. Um, I think, like, Kentucky and UVA in the South are also dangerous, but I, I yeah. think the Midwest is the strongest. I was just going to say, I think the South is the strongest region with Kentucky as high as they are. UVA is arguably the best team. Kentucky in the and Arizona are set up for a second round matchup. Yeah, I was just going to say, in the Arizona with DeAndre Ayton, who's, a few, as some former NBA players are saying, is a future Hall of Famer before he even steps on the court. And then you have Miami, T- Tennessee's not bad. They just made it to the SEC championship. Texas has another top 10 pick in uh, Bamba. Uh, and then Cincinnati's pretty good too. I think the South region is the best out of all of them, honestly. Yeah, I agree. So, Tony, for a fan who doesn't watch too much college basketball, who do you think is going to win? I think Virginia is an extremely dangerous team. Then, you know, I'm just going to go with, like, you know, those two teams you always see out there. You know, can't go wrong with, you know, comes with great coaching. Is obviously Duke and Kentucky. They're always, like, top contenders. So, but, yeah, that's easy to say. I mean, we've just seen so many – under the Tony, you know, under the Tony Bennett era, era, and he's been there, I think the last four or five years. You know, he's he's built a good program at UVA, but and they're built, you know, mainly on their defense. That's their pride. But we've seen them in so many like second round and Sweet Sixteen matchups that we just see them not be able to produce enough points to contend. RJ, who are like some of your big upsets? You're like your low key um, upsets. Let's let's let look at the look- South. Look at the South region first. Well, my my upset in that bracket is Texas over Nevada because I Bamba was hurt towards the end of the season, but I've, I'm pretty sure I read that he'll be healthy for this game. And with that type of player in the lineup, I feel like he carried the team to at least one win in the tournament. Right. I actually have a, a crazy one. I have two of them right here in that bracket. I have um, – Loyola, Chicago. I was just going to say them too. Loyola is actually a hot team. And I have Wright State being Tennessee. And I have Loyola, Sweet. Chicago in the, in the Sweet 16. I do not like Wright State. <laughs> yeah, I don't even I, – I, I don't know half the teams are. But, dude, let's talk about the West Virginia connection. Like, their defense, man. That, that's what's going for me. Do you have West Virginia matched up with Villanova eventually? Um. Yeah, I have them beat Villanova. I have Villanova yeah. play Alabama, West Virginia beach Wichita State. I, I have West Virginia playing uh, actually Arkansas in the Elite Eight because I think Arkansas Ew. gets past Butler. I don't like Purdue. I think Arkansas is going to play St. Bonaventure or UCLA, and I think they'll beat St. Bonaventure to get to West Virginia. Do you, I, I also have another upset in that bracket with uh, SF Austin beating yep. Texas Tech. I got SF Austin going there. I hate too. Texas Tech. I hate Texas Tech. I don't. I kind of like Texas Tech, but I still got them losing. I also have New Mexico State. In this is down in the uh, what Midwest. I got New Mexico State and uh, whoever Auburn plays because I thought Auburn was garbage. Speak, speaking of double digit uh, seeds, how in the world did Oklahoma make it? How did Oklahoma State not make it? And how did Syracuse get in over Louisville, I think? And over Notre Dame. And well, over well, Notre Dame. I mean, Notre Dame uh, wasn't great during the year, but still. The, the one honestly, matchup between – sorry, you are, Jay. I, I was just going to say, honestly, Louisville is understandable just because of all the, the stuff going around them that they're probably like, if they're on the edge, they're not going to let them in because NCAA just hates them right now. Right. But, 
But Oklahoma has no business even being a 10 seed. No, they shouldn't be in the tournament, let alone. If anything, like, they should be playing in a playing game, at yeah. least as an 11 seed. There's um, n- no reason why they should. Right. I want to make one last uh, wild card prediction of the bracket, and I think Kansas will have a very tough time with Penn. Hmm. I don't know why. I'm telling you. I think for some reason Penn's going to play well. You, I, you, can, you, can, you remember hearing it first. I do think another dangerous team as well is uh, Cincinnati, you know, led by uh, that point guard Kane Broom, a former Sacred Heart University basketball player. Your, your, your home school, Tom. And an efficient scorer. But, uh, you know, we'll see how they do. They're two seed for a reason. Absolutely. Cincinnati's been a pretty consistent team throughout the year. Uh, so, RJ, who, who's your national championship again? I actually have Kentucky versus Michigan State. Who you have winning? You know. <laughs> you got, you got, so it's your squad versus my squad, basically. Exactly. What's this, what do you got your score at? Uh, 65-60. I went 75-69. Nice. You had this, wait, you had the same exact game? No, I, I, oh no, I have Michigan State playing Gonzaga, actually. Yeah, no, I, I don't really like Gonzaga, I'm going to be completely honest. I mean, they've made the Elite Eight and then the National Championship the past two years, so they've learned to get over the hump. Do they, do they play as competitive teams throughout the year, though, usually? Or no? Well, yeah, they played another team that got snubbed was St. Mary's. Like, they were ranked for – St. Mary's was a ranked team for most of the year, and they didn't make the play. Uh, but the is the conference they're in – Is that? Yeah, I was going to say, I think the conference they play in makes them look a lot better than they actually are. Well, yeah, obviously, same, the, same obviously their record's always been um, inflated due to their, their play. Obviously. Same story, different year. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm actually about to check their schedule, see who they played. Um, dude, that's the thing with Kentucky, you know, the, RJ. They're getting kind of hot right now. Yeah, you know? and that point guard, uh, Shea Gagliglius, I just call him SGA. Uh, yeah, I 22. Can't I can't say it to me. 22. He's, he's good, man. He, he's, he's, been, really he's been going off. And then Kevin Knox is another potential lottery pick. And um, – right. They have this guy, uh, Jerry Van- Vanderbilt, that usually comes off the bench. He's been hurt recently, but he's been key in their wins. He's a right. versatile player, kind of like a Draymond Green. They actually compare whenever I watch him. They always say he's like a Dennis Rodman, so basically like a versatile like forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I'm I'm hyped for the uh, the tournament to start. Yeah, oh. this is my favorite time to watch college basketball for the year. Right, it's a, it's a nice branch. It's a nice branch in between now and um. Um, How good of a chance would you give uh, Michigan State this year? Uh, oh, they're oh, they're winning it. Okay, so you like them Michigan State's not winning it. They okay. got too they got too much stuff going on with their with their school. Yeah, I don't think they're thinking about Larry Nasser. You are the only person that ever thinks about Larry Nasser. Not true. Yes, Ryan, you are a huge bas- NBA basketball fan. Do, yeah. you have, do you have any? What do you think the NBA playoffs is going to look like towards the end, like in the finals? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that across both conferences, I think obviously the Warriors are the overwhelming favorite. I think the Rockets are the biggest threat to, to them, more so than the Cavaliers or anyone else. Right. Um, I mean, I think the Cavs are falling apart slowly. and I, I just don't think they've played enough games yet to, like, really find a good rhythm. I mean, even with Rodney Hood hurt now, and, I mean, 
I'm just not sure how high their ceiling is. I think that the supporting cast is way worse. I mean, think about the fact that they had Kyrie last year, and now they've replaced him with Jordan Clarkson and other guys around. Like, no more D-Wade either. I don't know. I, they, I think it's the Warriors to lose, and I think the Rockets are the only ones with another shot. I'd say the, thund- the Thunder and the Rockets are built to beat the Warriors. I think the Rockets the, more That's so. the thing. The Thunder, I mean, first of all, the Thunder got to make the playoffs first because, like, mm-hmm. you know, Carl Anthony Towns said it yesterday, you know, 5 through 10 is very undecided. Well, they might play them in the first round. That's what the, – the Warriors might have to play Thunder and then maybe the Rockets in the, the finals, the Western Conference finals. Yeah, dude, I mean, so. the Thunder are they're, – they're led by talented players. They could get there. I mean, and also um, looking in the Western Conference, that conference right now, New Orleans is 38-28, yeah. and they have been on a tear lately. What about AD, AD for MVP? Rocking that Kentucky blue. Nah, AD will be the runner-up as MVP because they cannot snub hard in two years in a row. I know. But but the Spurs right now are sitting at 37-29, and and they only have – what do they got? They got a game-and-a-half lead in their playoff spot, but they're supposed to be getting Kawhi Leonard back. Yeah, I heard Kawhi's coming back Wednesday. Do you think the Raptors are the most underrated one seed ever? And that no one's talking about them at all. Well, Boston, right I think they're better. I mean, you forgot Boston was also a one seed last yeah. year. But we all knew that the Cavaliers were beyond years better than them just because right. of how hot they got towards the end. Um, but I, I'm a huge DeMar DeRozan guy. I mean, they're 32-8 and eight in the conference yeah. this year. Like 49-17, they're about to get 50 wins already. Like, and Dwayne Casey, he had their head coach. I, I mean, he's my coach of the year at the moment. I had said I this. When me, RJ, me, RJ, and Sebo did like NBA awards probably about a couple of weeks ago, around right before RJ went on his like spring baseball, I he, I put him as my coach of the year. I mean, getting the you know Kyle Lowry still playing at a high level for his age, and Demar Derozan, you know, Demar Derozan's awesome. I mean, look, look and the, looking at them now, uh, they're, you, they're nine and one in their last ten. They're on an eight-game winning streak. They're uh, three more wins than the Celtics. The Cavs are a four seed right now. I mean, the Raptors are poised in a pretty good position to make it at least to the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. And even like team like Washington, like a- after the um, the All Star break, but John Wall, they still be- they're sitting at thirty eight and twenty nine. Also, I mean, right now the Eastern Conference, like while the Western Conference has like you know the cream of the crop teams, the Eastern Conference has better quality, more wins mm-hmm. out of their teams in the playoffs at the current moment. Yep. But like the but I mean, there's also a big drop off after the after the eight seed. Milwaukee has 35 wins, and then Detroit's sitting at 30 wins, and they are three and seven in their last ten. Is Milwaukee in it right now? Right now, the East East is Toronto, Boston, Indiana, 39-28, seven and three in their last ten. Cleveland, Washington, Philadelphia, Miami, and Milwaukee. So right now Toronto would be playing Milwaukee, which we saw them play last year in the first round, and Toronto won um, four games. They won. They won in, in six. I mean, I think Boston will be able to take care of Miami in at least six games. Uh, I think the I think the Bucks are still dangerous. Uh, yeah, I, against the Raptors. Yeah, whenever you got a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo on your team, absolutely. I think. Um, I think Indiana. I mean, I mean, obviously, this is if, this is if the playoffs were to end today. But like, I think Philadelphia is an unideal opponent for Indiana in the first round. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think they can knock them off immediately. I would love to see Le- LeBron versus Embiid in the first round. 
If that plays out like yeah, that. Yeah, if they end up in the 4-5 spot, that'd be cool. Yeah. Tony, from a guy who doesn't watch too much NBA basketball, what are you thinking? I think it's, you know, going to be the same. You know, Cavaliers, are, ever since they made all those trades, I think the uh, approach that they took is that they got rid of guys who were always, like, want to hold on to the ball, like D. Wade and Isaiah Thomas, and they're putting it in the hands of LeBron. And I think all these new guys they added in, they're very good at finding LeBron. So I think the Cavs definitely look back in the East. And then as far as the West goes, I think the Rockets look extremely dangerous. They're going to compete with Golden State, but it'll definitely be between the Warriors and the Rockets. And then I see the Cavs winning the East, no doubt in my mind. But you've also just always been a LeBron rider as well. You love them. I have. I just I don't think the Celtics are capable of beating them. Um, I still think the Celtics are going to be the, are the team coming out of the East. Kyrie's going to – you know, playoff Kyrie is one of the – is a top five player in the league, arguably. Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. But uh, they just have, they struggled against Cleveland this season so far, and when it comes down to it, you also you have playoff LeBron, who's been in how many straight final appearances now? Five? No, I think eight or seven, oh, seven eight, or eight. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty it's insane at this point. I think Philadelphia is still a team to watch in the East. The Sixers, like they're they're dangerous, man. With Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons keeps playing the way he does. T- and they still got great role players such as Dario Saric, J.J. Redick, you know. Yeah, they're definitely a team to watch out for as well. I mean, they're going to continue to get better. I love Simmons and Embiid, both, you know, really promising young guys. Right. So, guys, to end the show today, we're going to do a new segment, and we call it Athlete Fight Night. So, you know, these are always fun hypotheticals to do, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to time us, and we only have four minutes to make our arguments. Because these are arguments that will last forever. Okay, so I want, and I haven't asked you, Ryan. I, 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 yeah. Tony, me and you have discussed it. Here's the situation. In a normal street fight, we'll start off with this one. Aaron Judge versus Conor McGregor. Starting time now. Oh, boy. Um, I go Conor McGregor just because I, I think he's, when he gets to one of the best fighters in f- MMA history, He's not losing. I don't care how big he is. How I got big the judge. judge. I know you like. I judge. got the judge. But why do you? Like judge? <laughs> is it just because he's six? Because he's a physical. He's a physical specimen. Andrew, here's, and how, here's how big is McGregor? Five. See, that's eight, what I'm saying. Though, but he knows how to fight. J- McGregor will be able to dodge a punch I, and maneuver from there because he's quicker than. Do you judge. know Judge used? To, do you know Judge used to play football? Okay, Art, so did Tony, and he has no brains. <laughs> yeah, but Judge was like an all-state football player in California. And yet – He knows – oh, knows. Okay, and Russell, and Russell Wilson was a fan, is a fantastic football player, but he's playing baseball. Doesn't mean he, – really, uh, so Doesn't mean he's good at that other sport. Let, let me give my – Let Tony talk. Let Tony talk. Let Tony talk. I mean, the thing is he has about 140 pounds on him, and he's a complete foot taller. So, McGregor's never even fought anyone even remotely as strong as he is. I think Judge, if he lands the right hit, he could probably most definitely knock him out. But um, That's if he lands right hit. McGregor, no, he I has stood in the boxing ring with Floyd Mayweather, who is one of the shiftiest fighters in boxing history. So, he knows yeah, how to Floyd, dance around and maneuver punches from quick jabs. Judge's punch is probably about 100 times. Like, ju- like, an, yeah. like an Aaron Judge punch is basically like a Falcon punch. It takes so a long like reload, dude. Like a freight train. Like, that guy is some beast. He's just something else. 
But uh, I think that McGregor, if he were to ever win that fight, it would be him and get, getting him in some sort of submission, just being a little bitch and Dude, like getting okay. like a trunk Ryan, and, like, maneuvering around yeah. You've seen Game of Thrones, right? Yes. There is a. Oh my god. No, just wait. You know the character of the mountain, this, this six yes. foot like eight like like man. I don't know what is. He's not human. There, mm-hmm. he, there's a video on the internet of him and McGregor sparring, and McGregor is able to hang in there with him. And this guy, the Mountain, would tear apart Aaron Judge like it's something. Tony, look up the Mountain on Game of Thrones right now. You're, you're talking about a RJ. fantasy. This he's is a, a real show. person. A he's a real show. person, though, and he does real weightlifting um, and MMA fighting. Look him up. Look him up. I'll, I'll look up his name for you right now. Because yeah, Con- but did, did Conor McGregor ever actually fight him? Yeah, they sparred. They sparred. We're, we're also talking yeah. about an actor versus a professional athlete. Like Aaron yeah. No, yeah, but this, but yeah, but this guy is like this guy is like a professional athlete still. He's I don't, I don't even think that Conor McGregor could reach Aaron Judge's face. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Okay, but, yeah. but he can reach his midsection. He can reach his balls. That's about it. Dude, right. in a street yeah. fight, though, Aaron Judge just puts him in a headlock. Like the guy can't even reach him. Like I, I, I think he'll just knee him in the face. He's a foot taller than him in a, twice his weight. Yeah, do you know you're talking about someone that's six six, two seventy, and very athletic? Dude, Conor McGregor weighs less than Jose Altuve. Conor McGregor was sparring with this guy. He is six foot nine, three hundred ninety-seven pounds, and was sparring with him. And this guy would manhandle Aaron Judge. I yeah, but you said you said street fight, not a spar. Okay, that's a spar is kind of like a street fight. It's just not actually hitting each other. Not as hard. But these guys were like these guys are like professionals at that. One minute know. left. One minute left to make your arguments. Tony, I'm just saying, like McGregor has never taken a punch from a guy the size of Judge, and like you know, you brought up the Floyd Mayweather fight, and like there's no way that their strength even compares. Like Judge is just. Significantly bigger than him, but uh, like I said, if, if McGregor would ever win, I think he'd have to get him in some sort of submission. So final take, RJ. You're There's st- no way he would knock him out. RJ, no. you're still judge. Yep. Tony, you're judge. I'm taking judge. What about you, Sally? I'm taking judge 100. Andrew, I'm watching this video now. Like, but they're not really fighting. The mountain's like just letting him punch him. That that is not a real spot. Okay, but but how hard is McGregor actually punching? Anyways, our four minutes is up. Like I said, people, these arguments can go on forever. We're gonna. This will be a continuing segment. But first off, Tony and Ryan, thank you guys for coming on tonight. Hey, it was a pleasure being here. It was a lot. Yeah, thank of, you guys. You had, did, did you have fun? I had a great time. You guys had awesome. you, Ryan. You sounded Tony. Tony. Ryan, you sounded a little nervous in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, I warmed up. Um, That's what I'm saying. Feeling good now. This takes a bit. Hopefully, we get you guys to come on more often, right? You know, I would absolutely. love to make a return. You know, yeah. Absolutely, we have you whenever you can. Love to keep you involved with the Giants, Ryan. All right. Thanks, guys. Let's talk post-draft. Yep. Thank you for listening, everyone. We'll be back later in the week.